0: Friends, welcome to September. September's already started and we wanted to give you a brief update about the summer. And probably the most significant thing for our summer we want to talk about is that our oldest son, Michelle is back in the States now. He left just recently. And so we want to talk about that. But Christina, I don't know anything other than Michelle leaving that you want to talk about or should we just talk about that one thing
1: (laughs) Um, just a little update on the uh, women's center ministries Uh, we um, shortly we've gotten back to a regular our regular meeting with clients in the center although we do have to limit and make sure that the clients come if they come with kids then they uh, cannot we cannot have two clients coming with kids at the same time. So that them the ki- apart yes, we from have to schedule other, right? them apart. Yes, so that the kids don't contact with each other. And we also, um, after a big um, kind of uh, hike in the a number of cases in the churches in our area, um, the decision was made to stop. Um, stop meeting with clients at the women's center because the women, women's center uses uh, volunteers from all different kinds of churches. That
0: was like uh, beginning of August, wasn't it?
1: Yes, and so the decision was made to try and go back to uh, our phone consultations and uh, try to do it that way. So, so right now I'm doing more of a mix. Uh, I do have a couple of clients that I do um, counsel on the phone and I have one client that I counsel in person so um, just please continue to pray about that situation because we have some clients that are in a very difficult situation some are experiencing abuse in the home some are contemplating uh, abortion so so please continue to pray for the ministry of the women's center
0: but you are able to go back to the women's center now and there are some clients coming now right yes
1: yes mm-hmm. okay. yes and, and i do go in uh, fairly regularly once a week i manage to make my way there and I volunteer for uh, for a whole day
0: once a week. And we we did have that spike, uh, especially in a couple of churches near, or that are associated with our church, uh, with the churches that we work with here. And that was in the beginning of of August, I think, right. Mm-hmm. And I know one church they said something like 60 people got coronavirus. Yeah. But it seemed like for the most part they're all okay, and that has kind of passed us now. So our church. Our, uh, is meeting together, uh, the Russian church that we've been going to, the Russian speaking church that we've been going to, is meeting together in the park. And then our new fellowship that we're establishing, which is the Odessa International Fellowship, we're meeting in a hotel conference room. We don't have a large group, we have maybe 20 people or so, but we're meeting there so we have more room to social distance. But thankfully, God has, has kept us healthy and, and safe during this time, as well as our kids. Our kids have started school now, but they are doing their school online with their teachers. And so they are at home doing school. In fact, they're in the other room right now <laughs> doing school. So we, they started on August 20th, was it? Yes, yes. Yeah, so they started pretty early. So they've been, been doing school for, I guess, what, 10 days, almost two weeks now.
1: Yes, we specifically requested this early. Uh, start date so that we can be done sooner. And hopefully, if coronavirus is not a case next summer, that we can ba- get back to the States next summer and start visiting
0: churches. So that's kind of a brief ministry update. Uh, we are continuing, or Christina is continuing with working at the Women's Center, serving there and uh, ministering to those clients. And uh, I continue to work with our Center for Evangelism Discipleship and we are actually, we've been able to do a couple of seminars during coronavirus. Last one we did up in Carpathian Mountains with about 50 or 60 young people at a missions, what do they call a missions retreat, which is really, really uh, cool. And, and so we're continuing to move forward with that as well as our international, Odessa International Fellowship, that uh, we're establishing for internationals here in Odessa. But the biggest news, I guess, family-wise, and the biggest change for us is that our our oldest son, Mishael, he went back to the States on August, I think it's 25th, right? Mm -hmm. So just recently, today is the 2nd of September, Mm -hmm. which by the way, today is the-
1: Our city's birthday. It's a
0: city birthday, and they call it the the freedom, the liberation of Odessa from (laughs) tourists, because it's kind of a big tourist city here and so august or september 2nd is the day when we can say okay tourists have gone home and now we take back our city but Michael went back to the states on the 25th of august he was scheduled to go earlier but because of covid and coronavirus and the quarantine his flight was cancelled so we actually got an extra what was it june july and most of august pretty yeah, much three, almost three months, three months an extra three months with him but mm-hmm. I want to discuss, Christina, with you, and I think this will be interesting for people to hear some of your thoughts about children leaving. This is, we have five children, this is our second child that has mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. and I remember after Nami got married and left, which was in 2017, that many people said, oh, how do you, how do you deal with that? <laughs> and of course, she went off all the way to Chile, not even to the United States, and so, well, maybe just... Describe, at first, some of your thoughts and your feelings leading up to Michelle leaving.
1: I think that I was feeling a lot more, um, I guess, (laughs) I wouldn't say grieving, but sad that he's leaving. And I think mainly because I knew that he was going on his own. He's not married, you know, like our daughter Naomi, he had to take care of all the finances, make sure that he uh, you know, earns the money to pay the bills, figure out about his schooling, figure out how to drive, and we're not there. We're not there to help. And so I knew that there's grandma and grandpa who will take good care of him, but you know, at the same time, you feel like, okay, you're the mom, <laughs> you're used to take care of all of his needs all these years, and all of a sudden he just, he's, he's grown up, he's 18, he can vote. <laughs> He can probably own a gun. Can
0: he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I so mean, he can uh, yeah,
1: do all these adult things, and, uh, and it's time to let go. And it's time to trust God <laughs> to take care of him.
0: And I think this is a special issue, especially for missionaries living in a different country, because obviously when our children leave, generally they leave very far away. Mm-hmm. And for certain, that was true with Naomi, yeah. all the way in <laughs> South America.
1: Love well, that. We were not necessarily planning <laughs> from
0: well, no. the beginning. Yeah, I, and the thing yeah. is, you don't, you never know yes. mm-hmm. when exactly when the child is going to leave and, and where they're going to go when they're you know, 10, 12, 13 years old and you have some of your plans for them. Yeah. And then those plans yeah. get changed for God's plans. <laughs> yes. But I do think it's a little bit of a different issue for, for missionaries or for, let's say, people living you know outside of the country where they know that there's a good chance that their child is going to leave them to another country. And one of the things that I think of, you know, just leading up to Michelle leaving, too, is that I realize that he's not very American. <laughs> no. So you might think, oh, you're sending him back to his home country. But, well, I'm sending him back to my home country, but not necessarily back to his home country. Mm-hmm. And so those, that's kind of, I guess, maybe some a little bit of worrying that I have that, okay, what kind of adjustment is he going to have to make to figure out how to, you know, do life, how to yeah. live in America, because it's really not exactly his culture, although he's been there as a child. Mm-hmm. And, and not
1: only that, but also the fact that most of American 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, you know, have been already through driver's ed, have have known how to withdraw money with their, <laughs> with their debit card, you know. They know how to gas up the car. They just know many, many things that Michelle has not known, so um, so just, just to kind of fit into that uh, group of kids um, so, so that he can find his place and, and not feel like he doesn't know anything, he doesn't know how to do life. <laughs> he
0: so how would you compare Naomi, our oldest daughter, leaving the house in 2017 when she got married and moved to Chile, and Michael, our oldest son, leaving the house in 2020, mm-hmm. a week and a half ago? <laughs> How would you compare those two?
1: Yeah, I, I think that I I felt more worried and concerned about Michelle leaving, really. I felt like maybe there were a lot more things that I have not told him about or maybe have not explained to him how to do those things. and uh, And I was... I was not so nervous about Naomi because she had a husband who right. could figure out finances, who could help her with documents, you know, who could really take care of her in in every manner of the um, that that she needed to be taken care of. But with Mishael, I, I felt like. Um, yeah, it was, it was a different well, experience. yeah, I, I
0: would agree with you in, in that sense that that was probably the main difference because even though Naomi was going to South America, mm-hmm. which seemed very, very far away, it is very far away, yeah. uh, we felt like, okay, she's, she's married and she has a husband that's going to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And so that, and, and we knew him, obviously, and we trusted him, and, yeah. and he's a man that loves God and, and loves, loves our daughter. But with Michelle you think, okay, he has to take responsibility now, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't if have... If he
1: gets married, he's the one who needs yeah, to do mar- all those things. Right,
0: right. So then you feel like, yeah. oh, wow, you know, this is, this is serious. Although I would say for us, it's comforting knowing that he's going to be living at least for some time with my parents. Yeah. So we knew that's going to be a good influence, that they're going to be good help with, for him. And, and so that, that definitely helps, mm-hmm. helps out.
1: And I'm very encouraged by the fact that um, we talked to Michelle just recently, and he told us that he really wants to become a part of Discovery Baptist Church, which is our sending church, our home church. So that's that's a good sign for me that he will, once he becomes a part of that church officially, that he will be more involved in the ministry and um, be closer communicating with the other believers there. So that's Right,
0: right. Good. So, he was supposed to leave, I think, like on June fourth or something we like that. We were
1: all right? supposed we're, to. We, leave in at fact, that, time. that
0: was a difference too, because when Naomi left us, we were all in the states, and mm-hmm. we sent her off to South America. This turned out that our family is in Ukraine, so we're sending him to the United States. But we had planned to go originally with him, but obviously it didn't work out because of quarantine. So I, I personally was glad that it didn't work out at that time, because it just felt like that those two and a half months were just a really great time that we could spend with him mm-hmm. and we even got to travel we went to kiev and visited my sister mm-hmm. and you know his aunt and uncle and his cousins there and then we visited your brother yeah. michelle's uncle in and, and yeah. tercassi so we got to do some of those things before he left i think that was very special yes
1: yes that was do. nice and and plus today michelle got to enjoy some time with his friends that he made here he actually um Honestly, when he was younger, I thought that he would have difficulty making friends just just because of how he was But I guess I was wrong I was really wrong because he's the one who has the most friends out of all of our kids Mm -hmm. I would say and actually friends that he is fairly close with and both of those boys live in our building and um, And he spent quite a bit of time with them, which was very nice. He was able to help one of them with his computer, and he was able to uh, join the other one in kickboxing class. So So that was a good um, and good summer for Michelle. And also, you know, he got to do what he wanted to do. <laughs> he just, he, uh, I think he was used to always doing what people told him to do. Like, okay, you need to do schoolwork. Now you need to do homework. Now you need to read this book. And now you need to read that book. And he actually read yeah, whatever yeah. he wanted to read and he did whatever sports he wanted to do. So that was, that was very
0: good. So le- let me ask you a couple questions. Sure. I'm sure we're done a couple questions here. Sure. Uh, okay. Was there anything that after he left you're like, oh man, I wish I wish we had taught him that. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, well, one of the things that was that just came up today was he told us that he has too much money oh, yeah. in his bank account. Last
0: night we talked to him. I was like, I have a problem. I have too much money in my bank account. Like, oh, you know what? You know, we don't worry about those problems too much. <laughs> but, but so just, but just how to. We Even t- how we t- to do banking. No, but we, we did talk to him about those things, but I think some of those things, you just, you can't foresee all of the different little issues and stuff. Uh, no, but but at
1: least, you know, there, there are some things that we could have explained to him, maybe sat down and showed him how it works. I, I mean, to us, it's obvious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not so obvious to him. And so...
0: <laughs> I, okay, this is, this is not important at all, but I, I had a... I I kept thinking before he left, like, okay, I need to like sit down with him and watch an American football game because I, mean, <laughs> I know that my my brothers and some of his cousins or, or baseball too, <laughs> you know, will will be into that. And you know, we don't like we don't watch American football. We don't watch baseball here. No. And so he knows soccer. Well, and we're
1: not interested. Yeah. In those and sports so I kinda, either.
0: Uh, so I, he'll if you're in the area where he is, maybe you can. Invite him to watch a, a football game or a baseball game with you, or and kind of explain to him how it works. <laughs> yeah, what, what's a home run? No, I think he knows what a home run is probably, but explain to him how some of those things work.
1: Yeah, so. but just but just some of the very basic things. It will be it will be an adjustment for him. It will be an adventure.
0: Yeah. So what what was the hardest part about letting? About let's we we'll talk about both for Naomi and Michelle mm-hmm. what what was the hardest part
1: I don't know maybe realizing that you're getting old
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow okay. uh,
1: well not you but <laughs> we are getting yeah. we're getting old I mean I don't feel old uh, I I think it's really <laughs> strange when some women there that... S-
0: says a grandmother with <laughs> two grandchildren
1: no but honestly I have I have some young girls I mean they're not young like 12 they're they're in their 20s and they call me Aunt Christina even though I'm, I'm no aunt to them and, and here in Ukraine they call you aunt if it's just, you know, um, It's
0: kind of if you're considered to be older, older, older woman, woman. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and I'm always so just taken aback <laughs> <is> by, <laughs> by that reference.
0: Well, at least they don't call you grandma. <laughs> grandma? Bobby,
1: we... No, They haven't called me that yet. <laughs>
0: okay uh, so what, what was so the difficult part was learning that you're old no,
1: well and and understanding that now they're on their own and and now is the time to test what you have taught them yeah and uh, and see if uh, and see how well you've taught them to follow the Lord how well you've taught them to you know spend time reading the Bible uh, sp- spending time um, taking care of their um, spiritual person.
0: Yeah, and I I think that we talk about this too, that it seems like it was more difficult up to that moment before they left.
1: Yeah, well, especially with Michelle, I just felt like I was, my eyes were in the wet spot.
0: (laughs) Sorry we're distracted. The cat is exactly on the opposite side of the camera playing with a bug (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah that moment the the week or two before michelle left i Mm -hmm. think yeah it was difficult and uh, you know there were some tears there as we thought about him leaving so that was difficult what what consoles you what helps you
1: well as far as Michael goes, I'm very glad that he gets to live with Grandma and Grandpa Kiel's parents, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're such a godly couple. And well, Grandpa is retiring soon, so so Michael will get to spend a lot of time learning from Grandpa all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of things that will be useful in life. He'll be painting their house; that will be useful uh-huh, for him to uh-huh. learn. But also, um, maybe learning some spiritual disciplines, spiritual things
0: yeah definitely I think uh, what what helps me is being able to talk to him and see how he's doing yeah. of course and and knowing who he's with mm-hmm. which is is at this point my parents and just just seeing that God is is with him and mm-hmm. that God is providing for him and
1: um, and uncles and aunts you know yeah. we have a good number of good Christian relatives in the States, very close to where Mishael is going to be, and and so that's that's great. And lots of cousins, of course, lots of opportunities to fellowship and catch up on all the relationships that, that were put on hold because we're, we're
0: in Ukraine. Now, so a lot of people ask, and I think even more so they asked us when Naomi left us, was, mm-hmm. oh, you know, isn't that so hard for you, how do you deal with it? As Christina said, in a way, Naomi wasn't as hard because because she was being she was married and she had a husband that was going to take care of her. But I kind of want to answer that a little bit too, just like okay, how how do you deal with this whole thing? And and the first thing that that I would say is that this isn't something that you can just. Make a change in your thinking. All of a sudden, when your child gets eighteen, and there's a couple little, you know, secrets to letting them go. (laughs) We're talking about raising children from birth, well, from conception, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mainly, yeah, yeah. from conception (laughs) through through adulthood, and so I think that a big part for us has been not just, okay, what do you do at that time when you have to let them go? But it's what have we been doing for the last 18 years with this child? Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that we've always, presuppositions, I guess, in child raising is that we're raising this child to go out.
1: Yeah.
0: We're not raising this child to stay with us forever. Mm-hmm. And and so that's always been a presupposition. And so when you have that presupposition in child raising, that. This child is not going to be with me forever so I want to invest in him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those things are important that are vital for his life in the future when he's living without me. Mm-hmm. Then that makes that transition later easier because you've been preparing for this. You've been waiting for this. You've been you've known that it's coming.
1: Anticipating
0: and, and I think for the child too, because the child also, if you are parenting with that presupposition, then the child begins to understand too that, okay, there's a time coming when I need to go out on my own, when I need to do this. Because when you talk about that transition in life, sometimes it can be really hard for parents, and sometimes it can be really hard for children.
1: Mm-hmm. And sometimes true. it can be
0: really hard for both.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But in fact, I know I just talked to Naomi. I don't know, like a week or two ago, and I said, and we were talking about when when she moved down to Chile, uh-huh. and she said, "Oh man, that first month was so hard," <laughs> and and I said, well, "We were fine." <laughs> well, we were <laughs> and,
1: fine mainly because because Caleb and I bought plane tickets to go visit Naomi a month later, right? So so we were actually anticipating seeing her again, so. <laughs> We were fine because we were going to see her. But yeah, in
0: that, I'm just saying that you know, in that circumstance, it seemed yeah. like that at least that first month or so was yeah. a little more difficult for her than, yeah. than it was for us. Um, mm-hmm. But we were also busy with ministry and visiting churches and all that kind of stuff at that time. Yeah. But I think that that's just really important to have that presupposition. Yes. That you're raising this child not to just stay with you. That your job isn't to figure everything out for your child. But to get your child to a point where your child can figure those things out for himself.
1: Mm-hmm. And give him all the necessary tools.
0: And I mean, to me, that's the big... Well, I would say that plus just, just the aspect of trusting God. Mm-hmm. That, that altogether, child raising is this exercise in trusting God. Mm-hmm. Because when they're little, you can control their behavior. And... to a certain extent, right? But, I mean, you can control a lot more when they're little. Mm -hmm. As they grow up, you realize, my goodness, they have their own will, Mm -hmm. and you have to not control them any longer, but you have to lead them, and you have to teach them, and Mm -hmm. you have to give them example, and you have to love them, and you have to trust that God is going to work in their heart. Mm -hmm. And so child raising is this experience of learning as parents to trust God more and more and more, Mm And then we get to that point where we have to let them go. And again, it's not a new thing for us to trust God in the life of our child. Mm-hmm. And especially with Mishael, you know, when he was one year old and he had cancer, that was like immediate, okay, we have to trust God now mm-hmm. with the life of our child. Mm-hmm. That was more difficult than now letting him go to the States, Yeah, that's wasn't true. it?
1: Well, because at that time it was unknown whether he's going to live or die.
0: Right.
1: At this point, it's just knowing that he's just going to leave us. He's he's gonna live hopefully. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So so having that presupposition of I'm raising this child to to go out from me, and then also trusting God. And you know I wanted to also just bring this back to like some gospel issues as well because when we look at the family, the family is sort of a picture of the church. It's a picture of 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 gospel relationships really. Mm-hmm and one of the most vital things that we have in the gospel is the idea of discipleship and as i was thinking about this and i shared this with you a little bit too is that if you look at churches and you see a lot of immature christians Mm -hmm. the the reason for immature christians in the church and then you look at our society and you see a lot of immature young adults in fact I, i even I think that term young adults is sort of a new term because it used to be like, okay, you're 18, you're an adult now, okay? <laughs> or even you're 16 or 17, you're an adult now, so start doing adult things. But now we have this young adult, which is sort of like, we're like almost never ending, like people, you know, 25, 30, 35 years old, they're still young adults. They're still running around <laughs> doing childish things.
1: Yeah. And you
0: think, why do we have so many immature people in our society? Why do we have so many immature Christians in our churches? And... You know, I think that there's one main reason. It's just the best word for it is coddling. People have been coddled. Mm-hmm. They just they've they've said, okay, this this parent, this pastor, this mother, this father, their job is to do everything for me, mm-hmm. and they never learn how to do it themselves, and they never grow because people don't grow when somebody else is doing something for them. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? That's true.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so. I think that the whole principle of discipleship is one that just comes over into the family. so very. I mean, honestly, raising children is, is really a discipleship process. Mm-hmm. And it's not a behavior modification process. It's a discipleship process. Mm-hmm. And another aspect of discipleship that Jesus showed us is Jesus spent three years discipling his disciples, and then he sent them out. And so that, that is a, a principle of discipleship, that when you engage in discipleship with someone, there is, it, it will always be somewhat limited in time, and then that person should grow to maturity and be sent out. If that's not happening, then there's something wrong either with the disciple or the disciplee. There's something wrong with the process. Mm-hmm and and so that is a scriptural principle and it's the same with our children if we're not allowing our children to go out if we're not training them to go out we're not we're not raising them right
1: mm-hmm. we're creating dependent disabled
0: adults yeah and, and that's that's the problem obviously for a one-year-old or a two-year-old you have to do a lot for them mm-hmm. but then when you get 10 and 12 they they need to be doing that for themselves and you yes. get to 14 15 they need to be doing almost everything for themselves
1: and i think that often i personally i didn't even think about the fact that okay if Michelle ever leaves and lives on his own he needs to know how to cook and actually a couple of weeks before he left he said oh i need to figure out how to cook borscht <laughs> And I realized that I, I never even... Like never all be-
0: young American boys that
1: could cook... <laughs> well, he he wanted to know how to cook a good Ukrainian meal. And so, it's just... To me, it never occurred before. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew he probably needed to know how to cook, but I just n- never spent any time doing it. And now I'm realizing, wait a minute. I better teach our youngest son now to cook. The girls are fine. They, they always fix something. But... Yeah, the boys. <laughs> and,
0: I mean, but honestly, and I don't think that it, it's just so vital that we teach them all of these skills. No, but 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 you realize that you that they f- fall a little bit through
1: the cracks. Yeah. Some of the things that you wish you you taught them.
0: But but the most important thing is that we give them this sense of responsibility. Absolutely. So that, for instance, well, did he did he cook borscht with you? No. Oh, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so no. for instance, you were not able to transfer the skill of cooking borscht to him but if you give him the sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. then even now he can probably figure it out he can probably call you or (laughs) google it or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and he can probably figure it out and do it on his own so the, the principle of discipleship is a principle that we must have in the family and it includes training not with a sense that this person going to be with me forever, but training with the goal that this person going to be sent out and they have to take responsibility for their own spiritual life, for their own life altogether. And then the, the second issue, which I've already talked about a little bit, is the issue of trust. And I think that one reason so many parents have a really hard time sending their children out is because... They simply, they think it's because they don't trust their children mm-hmm. sometimes. They think, well, he doesn't know how to do this. She doesn't know how to do that. I'm not sure what kind of decision. They think it's because they don't trust their children. But in reality, it's because they don't trust God. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't trust their children either. But, mm-hmm. but the bigger issue is that they don't trust that God can actually take care of their children mm-hmm. better oh, than can. I can. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that's, that's difficult for a lot of parents to understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: And, and so we have to continually work on that trust issue uh, with, between ourselves and God mm-hmm. and, and not put ourselves higher thinking that I, as the parent of this child, know better than God the Father knows how to deal with this child. And so I think it's just simply a, a trust issue and, mm-hmm. and we have to get, get our trust uh, priorities correct in, in these things. And, and, and realize that when you send your child out, uh, God is using this not only in your child's life to mature Him, but He's using it in your life to mature your faith. I think mm-hmm. a lot of parents forget about that, that this whole process is not just a child-centered process. It shouldn't be a child-centered process. This process is a God-centered and a family-centered process. And this process ought to be for your own growth, strengthening of your faith, and and trust in God and what He can do in the life of your child and in your life without, as you live, you know, kind of apart from that child. Okay, so discipleship, uh, trust in God, and then the the last principle that I really see here in in letting our children grow go is the idea of. Continued fellowship or having a continued connection relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that we see in the Gospels. When Jesus, in the book of John, he prays for his disciples and he tells them he's going to send them the Holy Spirit. Tells them that they're not going to be forsaken. They're not going to be left alone. And certainly as parents, it's something that we practice too. And that we understand that when we send our child out, we are not cutting off all ties with mm-hmm. them, right?
1: Mm-hmm and hopefully our child does not feel like, "Phew, finally I can get rid of this like watching ever watching parents eye." And well, and hopefully yeah. that all of all of their life you've been working on developing that relationship of trust between you and your child and you've been working on this uh, relationship of partnership. That you're there to help them you're there to encourage them that they're free to come to you with their problems and um, so that they don't feel like um, once they're gone okay you don't have any more time for them you have other kids or you have other things to work on uh, or they they um, don't feel like okay but they don't uh, feel like finally
0: I got rid of my parents control over my life Mm -hmm. right and and I actually wanted to bring that issue up because w- what I see in this is that when parents become controlling, very controlling, especially of youth, you know, say around 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, and parents sometimes become very controlling, th- there's rigidness in that. And what happens when you have rigid control of a child, then when they leave, it, it breaks because there is no elasticity in it. There's no flexibility in it.
1: you know it reminds me of uh, if you plant a tree under a glass dome, you know the tree will continue to grow, but the glass dome does not have any elasticity and and it will eventually break the glass dome. I mean, it will deform the tree, right. but the glass dome will be broken and um, and it should not our relationship with our kids, especially older kids and adult kids, should not be like that. We should.
0: and and so that's where the issue of trust comes in how much do I trust God with Mm -hmm. my child's life and I think the issue of grace too because I know my child's going to mess up I know they're going to make some mistakes I have to have the grace to allow them to make some of those mistakes especially as they get older Mm And have the grace towards my child to allow them to make some of those mistakes, just like God has the grace towards you to allow you to make some, and me to make some stupid mistakes in our life. But what that does, that gives us that elasticity, so that when they leave us, they don't break that relationship. Mm-hmm. They're they're gone. They're moved to a different place. But but actually, what happens if you have that elasticity in there? The farther they get away from you, the the stronger that pull is. The stronger the the bond is felt mm-hmm. between you and the child because now all of a sudden they're maybe in another city or in another country and now they're calling you every day because like, hey, what do you think about this? And what should I do here? Mm-hmm. And that, that bond is felt even stronger. And I think that's important. As Jesus left his disciples, he sent the Holy Spirit and, and there was even, you could say, a stronger bond. There was that spiritual bond between Jesus and Jesus. And his disciples through the work of the Holy Spirit and so also as we think of our children leaving we need to understand that this does not mean that I mean if if there's trust and there's grace in that relationship this does not mean that that relationship breaks Mm -hmm. but that relationship changes and it actually should deepen and it should grow and it should become stronger Mm -hmm.
1: it's entering a new level it's it's entering um, a level where the child is really not a young child that you used to have, but he's more of your friend, mm-hmm. uh, maybe yeah, even partner well, yeah. in ministry, um, and and you're kind of you're coming up to almost the same level, where where you can talk almost like peers. I mean, of course, there's a you know there's that. Uh, age advantage for instance but I'm sure that when Caleb talks to his dad you you feel more of a understanding of what he's going through what he was going through in his ministry right, right. and and uh, and I think it's more of a friendship type of relationship isn't it than, yeah yeah than definitely. when you were definitely. Yeah. M- much younger
0: any other advices that you have i you know there's there's really no quick and easy like oh just do this 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 and you're no. You know, your transition to letting your children go will be easy. There is there is none of that. But there are some I think those healthy principles that we need to put in there. Hopefully we've been putting them in from throughout childhood as we raise our children. But if not, we can start now and that will make a difference too.
1: Yeah. Make a list of things that you would like your child to know before they leave your house. Maybe that would make it a little bit easier than you will be I uh, you'll be feeling better that you covered those things with them yeah
0: all right friends thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit and talking about this if you have any questions put it in the comment on this video or if you're listening to the podcast you can just uh, send us a note and we'd love to hear from you
1: it was good being with you blessings